want to give a quick testimony. There's a couple of testimonies I want to mention today. Uh, one we'll just start with is a, um, when I first came along to the Lord, I was 19, and um, uh, and there's this testimony. There's uh, people I don't know if people remember that there was a tsunami or whatever in um, PNG a long time ago, a long time ago. Anyway, um, and there was a brother in the Lord there. Tsunami was sort of the wave just wiped out his village, um, wiped out his family, and he was he he survived. He was one of the only survivors in the whole village, and it was in his family. It was him and his daughter. They were out of his whole family, like like grandparents, huge family. His wife and his other children, and his and his mum and, and his own personal mum and dad. Um, they were all lost. In the in the tsunami, um, and in the next day, so you sort of imagine how the guy felt. It's just him and his daughter survived. The next day, he was helping the other survivors, just around the place. He found, and he was helping them through the horror, and he was witnessing to them. He was speaking of God, and the one thing I remember was a long time ago. He was saying, "God is good. God is good." And it's sort of easier to say that here today. Beautiful day, you know. Grab a bite to eat on the way down. Maybe go for a swim after the meeting. You know, oh yeah, God is good. God is great. You know. Uh, so we were talking about living in Adelaide. How 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 lovely, easy. Um, you know, oh yeah, God is good. You know, great. God, life is great. God is good. Easy to say. Rolls off. You know, you can witness to people. Oh yeah, mate. You know, God's blessed my life, and God is good. This guy just lost his whole family, and and it was just him and his daughter. And the next day, he's helping out all these survivors or the, the survivors he could find, and, and talking to them about God, about the glory of God, and how wonderful God is. And I remember at nineteen, you know, I just kind of come to the Lord, and that whole that was a long time ago, obviously. I just remember that just stayed with me my whole life. Just that story, just that testimony. Of how can I remember thinking, um, how can he do that? How can you do that the next day? You know, like I said, it's easy, we can say it, and it's easy, rolls off. But the day after, you've lost everything, God is good, God is great. And, and, and beyond that, going out and telling other people, witnessing, testifying, God is good, you know, and helping them through this tragedy. Um, and it's just stayed with me, and, and and it was a, I dare say it was a mystery to me. How can you? How can he do that? How can you do that? And, and, and in theory, yeah, sure, you know, you know, you get through there, you work through it, and God is good. That's the theory. The reality is is Matthew twenty four. Just thinking about, obviously, we're thinking about, you know, Matthew twenty four, the end of the world. And, and Pakistan, 42,000 people or whatever, you know, and just life. I caught up with um, my family. It was a wedding yesterday and just catching up to family. And how's this person? And just going through the family and all these situations in the world. And I don't want to get all negative, but oh, how's this guy? And, oh, you know, the marriage is full. How's this person? Oh, you know. And, and it's just how do people, the Lord said, men's heart, Matthew 24, men's heart failing them. You know, there's just the anxiety. And they took a survey, um, just as we're turning to the scripture, they took a survey of these people a while ago, just folk, just normal folk, Philippians chapter 3, just as we're turning to Philippians chapter 3. 
And it's just a, sort of the random group of people, Philippians 3. And, and you know, what's, what's your concern and, and, and how are you going just in life, you know? And, and most of them, like I don't know, 80% of them or 90%, they were full of anxiety, just normal folk, folk we go to work with and people you just, you know, woolies. And they're just sort of full of anxiety and life. And, and, and it's a far cry from PNG sort of 40 years ago, losing the whole family. But how do folk and how do we? And I remember at 19, I just sort of looked at that, that testimony and going, I couldn't do that. How could, how could anyone do that? It was just a mystery to me. And just over the years, if you like, um, I've just come across people in the Lord, other folk that I've known, probably folk here, you know, and, and I could just spend the next whatever, this is going to be a short talk by the way, but you could spend an hour talking about people's that we know, and I could name them, that have been through horror and, and you just pray, they're still in the Lord, they're loving the Lord and God is good and, 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 and you can sort of think on one hand, oh well, you know, we're in the Lord, praise the Lord, but the other, the reality is we're human beings and, and Christ was half human if you like, you know, half, half mortal, half immortal. And even at Gethsemane, you know, I'm not going to say Christ wavered, but he said, Lord, if you can take this from me. But he, what got him through? Two things. His love of God, didn't want to let God down, thy will be done. And I believe his vision. And I believe that the people that I've known over the years and, the, and that guy in PNG, the thing that got him through was his vision, what he saw past the, the, the enormity of the situation. And, and there's another testimony we'll touch on. This is Paul in, in Philippians 3. Um, Paul was writing most of these letters, wonderful, amazing letters. He would have had no idea that these letters would have reached millions and millions of people for 2,000 years. Paul was sitting in jail awaiting to be beheaded. He was sitting in jail. This is his second term in jail. He was released once and, they were, and then he was um, re-thrown re in the jail in, in Rome. He was waiting to be beheaded. And, and most of these epistles from Paul are just in that situation. He's in that situation. And you, and you sort of read what he's saying. You go, oh, that's nice. But he's writing these things under the sentence of death. And that just brings it a whole completely different dimension in verse, he was a Pharisee, his father was a Pharisee, he was brought up rich, privileged. In verse 8, yea, doubtless, or verse 7, but what, what things were gained for me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ suffered, Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and to count them but dung that I may win Christ. In verse 10, this is his vision. This is what he wanted. He's sitting in prison awaiting death and this is what he wanted, that I may know, in verse 10, that I may know him, I may know Christ more, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead. Verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things, my mistakes which are behind. He persecuted, he may have even, we don't know, he may have even personally, you know, he was around when Christians were dying and he was all for it. 
Whether he personally killed Christians, we don't know. But he was, he was barracking that on. He was barracking the murder of our brethren, you know, if you like. And when he came to the Lord, you know, it's all new, but that would have still been on his mind and on his heart, the things that he had done, you know, and he just says here, just forgetting, and maybe we've done, the, you know, nothing that serious, but maybe just in the Lord, even before in the world, things haunt us, things can still haunt us, things that we've done. And it says just, just forgetting those things which are behind in verse 13 and reaching forth unto those things which are before us, or before, before us, in front of us, in verse um, 16, nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, but the things that we know already in this journey of discovery, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Paul had been spirit-filled for 30 years when he wrote this. 30 years. And he's saying, I haven't arrived. I haven't. It's not complete. I want to know Christ. It's a journey on. And, and, and many of us have been in the Lord many years. We, we haven't arrived yet, but may we still thirst after that revelation of Jesus Christ and the revelation of, it was in the spiritual gifts, so the spiritual gifts pretty much covered my whole talk, that, you know, that we don't know, we can't understand the full glory. We will never understand the full glory and, and, and may we not get frustrated or annoyed or, or, or disappointed at ourselves. I don't really sort of get much. We're not going to get much. It's too big. It's like looking at the universe and understanding it or trying to understand it. We just stand there and look at it in awe. And, and may that awe of when we come along, may that, this is 30 years after he came along to the Lord, his, his, his desire is to know Christ more. And may that retain in us and, and maintain us and, and just stay there. All these things are happening around. And that's, I guess my point today is when I was 19, how did that guy, that PNG guy, sort of get through it for one and to be out the next day witnessing? How does he do that? How did Paul, facing death, how did he do that? How did Christ and the crucifixion in Gethsemane the, the night before, how did he get through that? All these people and people that I know and, and, and if I looked around, probably people here that I know, you know, they've gone through things and you just go, man, how, how, how have they got through that? And I believe the answer is, is, is the same. Just in, um, and we'll just touch on it with we'll Paul for a start in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. That's Paul's prayer for himself sitting in prison. This is Paul's prayer for us in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 16, cease not, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. So he's praying for the saints. Again, he's, he's still in prison. These letters are all written around the same time. He's sitting in prison awaiting his sentence. This is what he wanted. He was thinking of the saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Again, folks, we're not going to be, we're not going to get it. 
And, and, and the more we, it's, I think it's even a saying in the world, the more you, you sort of know, the more, I think even Einstein sort of touched on this, the more that you know, I think it was Einstein, he said, the less, the more you realise how little you know. The more we know in life, the more things we experience, the more we realise we don't know much at all. You know, it was Einstein. And he said the greatest, um, and you know, this, this great, you know, Einstein was an amazing guy, but he used his imagination, this is just a, going off on a tangent, he used his imagination before he worked out all these theories or whatever, he said, first you've got to use your imagination. This is Einstein. He says, you've got to think about things in the universe and all that sort of, and then you've got to work out how did that happen. And then you get down and you figure it out. But you start off, you see, the greatest thing is, is your imagination. And I just want to touch on that, and not, not, not to get fanciful, but in our mind's eye, Moses, it says in Hebrews 11, he went through everything he went through as because he saw the invisible God. He saw the invisible God. How do you do that? It's a contradiction in terms. But he focused on something that, that he couldn't see. And, and may we see the invisible God. Just by everything that's going on in our personal life and our families, maybe we we're dancing through life and this talk doesn't really, you know, touch you. But maybe you're going through what most of us go through. And some of us go through horrific things. And I'll touch on a testimony in a minute. Um, you know, and, and Moses saw the invisible God. May we see the invisible God. And that's just the handiwork. The universe, the Bible says that uh, well, without excuse, you look at the glory, you look at what he's done and the testimonies you know, that we have amongst ourselves and what he's done. I, I came to the Lord with a brother and he was, we were all, hope, I can say this because I was a part of it, we were just hopeless junkies, hopeless junkies. And, and we came along to the Lord and he tidied us all up and he gave us jobs, he gave us wives, miracle. And he did, gave us all these things and we became, you know, decent people. And this brother, and amazing, you know, amazing from where we came from to what he, he made us. And this brother said once to me, he'd been in the Lord 10 years, he said, you know, I've never seen a miracle. I've never seen a miracle. And I said, are you kidding? You're a walking miracle. You're amongst saints. It's just we're walking on water, man. That's what I was talking to. Him. You know, that's how you talk, old hippies. We're walking on water, man. You know, and I'm looking at you, and folk would know this guy. I won't name him. You know, and I'm looking at you, and and I knew what you were like. A lot of the saints wouldn't. You know, I knew, man. I I was in the room with you. You know, for 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 how many years and doing stuff and all that, and now look at you running as a successful business, have a beautiful wife, lovely kids. I mean, that's walking on water. People go, oh, you can do that in the world anyway. Not from where we were, not where we came from. You know, where we come from, you end up in rehab, or you end up in Mary Tobin. You know, that ward. You know, for for people who just can't handle life. That's where we were. That's where we were heading. And, and the Lord picked us up out of that and he just said, here, I'll give you this amazing life. And all he's asking for us to do is to see it, just to see it and to thank him and, and to raise our eyes. And, and, and it's easy to just see, you know, what's in front of us. But where we see where we came from, 
and where we're going. It just puts it, it calms the soul. It, it steadies your spirit. It just, it just steadies your soul. And you think, yeah, all this stuff, and it might be terrible or it might be, it might be boring. And that's, that's a danger as well. You know, that we just sort of, oh, we're so bored with it all that we sort of drift. We just drift. But if we could see the invisible God and if we can see the miracles around us, we will stay inspired. And maybe, you know, Matthew 24, folks, the one good thing is, you know, it's a terrible thing to be at the end of the world because of what's going on, but it's again, it's an amazing thing for the saints because we can see it. This is the time. This is the time of the return of Jesus Christ. May we, may we stay close. May we just use our... It's a time to stay close to Jesus Christ. Just in here, um, in verse 9 of, of Ephesians 1, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. You know, as you go on in life, you, you meet all these people and you read all these things and people have searched their whole lives for thousands of years. It's a mystery. God's a mystery. Eternal life. Um, religion. Um, how, you know, eternity, whatever. The whole thing's just a mystery. It's a guess. It's just a guess. I, I, I was reading a, an obituary the other day, as you do, this obituary, and the guy said, um, talking about the person that died, well, now he will know. Now he will know the mystery. And this guy wasn't in, uh, in the Lord. He just, he just, he just branded it for what it was. Death. He said, now this guy has gone into the mystery and he will know. Well, an interesting obituary sort of thing, you know. It's a, it's a mystery and now we know it. Our children, the folk have been brought up in the Lord. Whether they stay in the Lord or not, they have been given, they've been gr- brought up in the mystery. And whatever they do, if they go out or if they stay in the Lord, that gift of, of, of the mystery of life, the mystery of eternal life, that is worth anything else a parent can give or, or more than anything else. That is, verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Gathering together of the, of the saints and 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 the heavenly host, that has always been God's dream. It's always been talking about visions. That's been God's vision of gathering together the host of heaven and the saints. Do we see that? Is that on our minds and in our hearts? Do we wake in the morning? Do we think about that, or we just sort of think? And it's easy. It's easy just to think about what's in front of us. You know, and we, we focus on what we can look at, what we can see. We can see the mortgage rates. We can see, you know, the price of food. We can see the, all these, they're right in front of us. No wonder they're the things we focus on because we can see those things. So we're looking at them and going, how do we fix this? And we stress out and we get anxious. We see that. I'm saying today, folks, if we can look above that, we can see the invisible God. And we see that this time, this great time when he's bringing together the saints and just see that maybe, you know, Einstein sort of, you picture it first. Einstein pictured these theories and then he worked it out and they were right. His, his theories are actually right, but he, he imagined them first. And I'm just saying in our mind's eye, 
May we see the coming together of the saints and the heavenly hosts. May we, may it just steadies our soul and it lifts our spirit. It just lifts our spirit from the mundane. We have to do these things and may we do well and we pray for the Holy Ghost for guidance and we pray for the blessing of God to fix our finances and to fix this, to fix absolutely that is our birthright. But above all that, may we continually and daily, that's where prayer, you know, daily, that's where prayer comes into it because it lifts us. It lifts our spirit and it lifts our vision and it reminds us of these things. And just maybe just to finish, is a testimony of a brother in the Lord who was feeling pretty sick one morning and he went to the, he went to the hospital and they said, no, you're fine, no problem, go home. At six o'clock in the uh, at night, or six o'clock, whatever, six p.m., uh, he called the ambulance. He was rushed in, and he was dying. This is from 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 ten a.m. He was in the hospital. They sent him home. Six p.m. He was dying, and uh, he had septus, and he it was he was really full of septus. It was just uh, septus blood poisoning, and um, and um, that was six o'clock. And they pumped him with all these sort of drugs and all that sort of, you know, ICU and, and in his neck, straight to the heart, all the antibiotics, he was dying. And there was all these senior sort of medical guys around as a bit of an event. And uh, at 11 o'clock, the senior guy came up to him and said, um, brother in the Lord, he said, look, you think it's too late. You know, and I said, you know, and then the guy, oh, okay, you know, and he said, 11 o'clock at night, he says, it will take us, a few hours to find out if everything's worked, if the antibiotics. But he said, person, this is the senior guy. He said, I think it's too late. I think we got you too late. I think we, we, we put all these, these antibiotics in, but it's, you're riddled with this, with septus. It's just too, it's taken over. And, uh, I'm sorry. And 11 o'clock at night. And he said, well, we can only tell by the morning if, you know, but he says, I'm sorry. That's why I've come in to tell you that I personally think it's too late. So the guy, that's at 11 o'clock at night. So this brother in the Lord, how would you feel? And this brother in the Lord, he just spent the rest of his, his, his the night, we'll just turn to, just to finish, Revelations chapter 5. He just thought of this scripture. It got him through, it helped him through. It helped him through. It was like, you know, without sort of exaggerating or whatever, Sort of like a death sentence, you know. The guys, the, the doctor said, you know, if you, we won't be able to tell until the morning to see if the antibiotics, biotics have worked. And so this brother from 11 o'clock at night to the rest of the, the night, right through to the morning, he sort of thought, well, I can panic. I could just, you know, just melt and just anxiety and, and cry or whatever. Or I can just think of this thing and he, and he just sort of, just uh, Revelations 5 and in verse, verse 10, he spent the night thinking about the throne of God. Uh, Revelations 5, verse 10, just to finish. And has made us, un- made us men unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and in the beasts and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them, this is the angels, was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. I was trying to work that out. I mean, what is that? That's a lot of angels. 
saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and honour, wisdom, strength and honour, glory and blessing. And it just goes on in verse 13, And every creature was in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and on the them heard I saying, Blessing and honour, glory, power, be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and upon the Lamb for ever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. The four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. The other scripture, the scripture that I just read in Ephesians, is talking about when we come together in this situation, folks. Revelations 4 and 5 speak of the throne of God. And that's what got that brother through that night. He just thought about the throne of God and the coming together, that promise of one day we will be reunited. I was going to say, you're just united with God, the Godhead that came up in the spiritual gifts, the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Does that inspire us? Are we, are we fascinated, fascinated by that day? You know, I, I'm personally, I, I think about meeting the, it's a bit random, meeting the Holy Ghost. Because you can sort of picture Father, you know, there's a bit of a description of the Father on, in Revelations. Sort of picture Jesus Christ. There's no description really, except being a dove, of the Holy Spirit, the Godhead. Imagine meeting on that day the Holy Ghost. Imagine meeting the saints that have gone before us. We know the apostles, the big names, but just the saints. There's this young guy just to finish. There's this young 12-year-old boy back in the Inquisition when they were killing Christians. They were burning this Christian at the stake and this priest was going around with this cross and to the crowd, kiss the cross, kiss the cross, you know, kiss the cross. You sort of not, not, you know, kiss that cross or else. And this 12-year-old Christian, our brethren, you know, we don't know that many, we don't know many stories, you know, just one or two come down through the years, through the ages. This 12-year-old boy said, my love of Christ goes far beyond a piece of stick. I'm not going to kiss your cross. My love of Christ is far beyond a piece of stick. And they burnt him at the stake as well. That was a 12-year-old boy. You know, how? How does he, how can he, that courage, you know? And there's people through the years and not just there. There's people here now. We go through things. Saints go through that. That brother woke up in the morning and he was completely okay. You know, he was healed or the antibiotics, he didn't know, but he was jolly glad. You know, there's things we're going to go through things, folks. So even, even just life, you know, may we stay interested and engaged. May we stay fascinated about the things that we've come into and all the people see. Thank you.